The Dallas Stars are back in action tonight. They welcome the Chicago Blackhawks into the American Airlines Center for the first time this season. And on today's episode, we'll talk about this Blackhawks team, see what they've been up to, what type of threat they provide in this game, and how the Dallas Stars can come away with two valuable points in this matchup. All of that and more coming up on today's episode of Locked on Stars. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, coming to you on this Wednesday, November 23rd. And whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener of the show, thank you for stopping by and making Locked On Stars your first listen of the day. If you're new to the show, hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube or the follow button if you're listening on audio only. You can also find us on social media at Locked on Stars on both Instagram and Twitter, as well as my personal Twitter account at Dane double underscore Lewis. And before we jump into today's show, want to give you a little bit of a rundown of how things will be going over the next handful of days with it being American Thanksgiving tomorrow. Of course, you are listening to today's episode on Wednesday. The Stars play tonight. I will be at the game. I will come back home, record an episode recapping the game, and then a quick preview of Friday's matchup against the Jets, and then I will post that episode on Black Friday. So no episode tomorrow, especially since most of my audience is in America, likely celebrating American Thanksgiving, going to take a day off from putting out an episode, give you guys a break as well, enjoy the time with your friends, enjoy time with your family, and then we'll be back here on Friday morning reacting to tonight's game and looking ahead to Friday's game and what the weekend has in store. So that's what these next few days are going to look like as far as uploads go. But without any further hesitation, let's jump into today's episode, what we're here to talk about, the matchup between the Stars and the Blackhawks. And this is a Chicago Blackhawks team that had a decent start to the season. They certainly weren't lighting up the league or looking like a true Western Conference playoff contender, but it wasn't as you know, terrible as a start as some people might have anticipated uh, with this Blackhawks team, given the position that they're in as far as the personnel on their roster. But they have started to regress a little bit and have started to finally fall into the form uh, of what many thought this team would look like this season, which is likely uh, a bottom dweller in not just the Western Conference, but potentially uh, the entire National Hockey League. They currently have a record of six, nine, and three. That is good for 15 points and seventh in the Central Division, the only team below them, the Arizona Coyotes and the Chicago Blackhawks are currently riding a four-game losing streak, and they have not played a game since Sunday where they lost at home 5-3 to three to the Pittsburgh Penguins. And if you look at this team, it's a lot of familiar names, but then you kind of get past the first three or four names on the list and you start to say, who? But if you look at some of the scoring leaders, you see, of course, the names you would expect to see at the top of the list. Patrick Kane, three goals, 11 assists on the season so far. The captain, Jonathan Taves, with eight goals, the team leader, also four assists along with that. Max Domi, who was a Blue Jacket and a Hurricane last season, now a member of the Chicago team, four goals, eight assists on the year. Those are the top three leaders on the team in points. 
and a lot of other not very recognizable names. Maybe a few others uh, on this team as well. Arlington, Texas native Seth Jones uh, has been out. He's a defenseman, been out since October 29th, but has told reporters this week that he plans on making his return to the ice tonight in Dallas per Scott Powers of The Athletic covers the Chicago Blackhawks. So pretty credible source there and seen a lot anticipating the return of Seth Jones to the lineup playing hockey in the city that he grew up in. And then also you have uh, Dallas Stars legend, former Dallas star Jason Dickinson uh, coming back to the American Airlines Center, not for the first time, but for the first time with the Chicago team, four goals and four assists for the former star so far this season. Not a super impressive roster and not really a team that's posing too many threats, especially offensively. Uh, not you know a whole lot going on. Uh, they're actually tied last with the Arizona Coyotes and goals for this season with 44. To put that into perspective, the Stars are tied with a few teams for second in the league in goals for with 73. So not a whole lot of damage being done offensively by the Chicago team. Very top-heavy team. We'll talk a little bit more about the roster and the depth a little bit later on in the show. But continuing to look at this Chicago Blackhawks roster, uh, you look at the goaltending situation, and it's not a very ideal situation for the Chicago team. They've had three players with six starts each so far this season. They had Alex Stolak, who seemed to kind of be the starting guy, but has been on IR for about three weeks now, has not played in a while. So that leaves Peter Mrazek and Arvid Soderblom. Uh, Peter Mrazek is 30 years old. He is 1-3-1 and one so far this season with a 3.66 goals against average and a 8 8 9 save percentage and then Arvid Soderblom 23 years old is 2 4 and 1 with a 319 goals against average and a 909 save percentage so not very fantastic numbers for either of these netminders Mrazic kind of being forced now into the starting role with the absence of Stolak and Soderblom starting a few games but you know not too many both these guys only six starts to their names so far not entirely sure who we are going to see in this matchup against Dallas it really just feels like a coin toss but both of these guys are guys that I think the Stars offense can put a lot of pressure on and hopefully sneak a few pucks past them uh, in order to score a nice, healthy serving of goals in this game, a game where the Stars desperately need some solid offensive production while also maintaining a nice defensive structure on the other end to help out their goalie, who I imagine will we will be seeing number 29, Jake Ottinger, in net for the Stars. And as I mentioned just a second ago, this is one of the weaker offenses in the league in Chicago. Again, tied for last in the entire league in goals four with only 44 scored on the season. They have a minus 18 goal differential. Only two teams have worse differentials in the league. The Columbus Blue Jackets and the Anaheim Ducks also at the bottom of their respective divisions and at the bottom of the league. And this Chicago team has been shut out three times so far this season in 18 games. They certainly have their moments where they can go off a little bit and score three, four, five goals in a game, but then they'll have games where they are just absolutely stumped and cannot get anything going offensively. And I think a big part of that has been the absence of Seth Jones for a good chunk of the season. I believe he's only played eight games up to this point before his injury. And I think especially on the power play before he got injured, he was on that first unit and there were just some things that he does uh, generating offense from the top of the zone that they've just been missing. So maybe with his return, maybe they'll see a little bit of uptick in production, but actually we'll talk about the power plays and special teams a little bit later on in the show. It doesn't look like right now that we'll be seeing Seth Jones return to the first power play unit for the Blackhawks, according to Ben Pope, a writer for the Chicago Sun-Times. 
Uh, he had a tweet saying that the Blackhawks were running a different uh, first power play unit of five different forwards. Again, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but if we're going to see Seth Jones on the man advantage, it will likely be with the second unit. So this, you know, on paper is a team that is weak offensively and a team that the Dallas Stars, in theory, should be able to handle. But we've seen teams like this before. We've seen teams like the San Jose Sharks that aren't necessarily the biggest threat or the Winnipeg Jets whenever the Stars played them in Winnipeg. Not a great offensive team, but due to some other circumstances and some other things that they do well, they found ways to beat the Stars and get past them despite not being the most explosive offense. So just because this is a team that is not very flashy offensively, you still have to take them seriously if you're the Stars and you still have to play a good, clean, all-around game. Otherwise, you could find yourself trying to play catch-up with a team that you should, in theory, beat by two or three goals, if not more. So we're going to continue to talk about the Chicago Blackhawks team, and we'll kind of compare the depth of this roster compared to the Dallas Stars depth. We'll talk about why the advantage is heavily in favor of the team in green. More on that after a quick break. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is brought to you by our friends at Athletic Greens and their product, AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every day to take care of yourself. And your subscription comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is so important to add in these winter months when we don't get as much sunlight. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Moving on on this Wednesday episode of Locked on Stars, game day episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow on your favorite podcasting platform. Thank you guys for the continued support of the show. Let's continue to talk about this matchup between the Stars and the Blackhawks, the first meeting of the season. And if you look at this Blackhawks roster, they certainly do have some very formidable players, guys that can do a lot of damage, guys like Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. But if you look at this lineup and really go in-depth, the, the true talent is at the top of the lineup. This is a very top heavy team. The, the top line for this team as of right now is, is pretty talented. Andreas Athanasiu, Max Domi, and Patrick Kane. That is a very solid starting three. Uh, Kane, one of the best players of the 2010s and still producing at an incredibly high level as he continues to age. But even the second line has Jonathan Taves at center. He's continuing to play well. There's a lot of speculation that Taves and Kane could potentially be on different teams by the end of the trade deadline later 
this season, but they're still in Chicago right now. So at this moment in time, they're still a problem for Central Division teams. And I guess they could also very well get traded to other Central Division teams. I've heard a lot of rumors about Taves potentially going and playing in Colorado, but that's something that likely will be brought up and resurfaced again, uh, even later on in time. But if you look at that second line, I mean, it's Jonathan Taves. I mean, a future Hall of Famer, captain of this team, one of the best players, again, of the 2010s like Patrick Kane. But then you look at the wingers on that line. It's Taylor Radish, 24 years old, and Philip Kurashev, who's 23 years old. Kurashev has 139 games played in the NHL, and Radish, 24 games played in the NHL. So, I mean, I think you look at it and you're like, oh, it's kind of like Jamie Benn playing alongside Ty Delandria and Wyatt Johnston, but it's just not quite as effective as far as the production. And of course, Radish and Kurdyshev both being under 25 years old, still very young, still in the early stages of their career. But I mean, your second line on your team has guys that don't even have you know, 200 games played. One of these guys hasn't even played 100 games in his NHL career. I mean, it is just an incredibly young and inexperienced line with those two out there with a guy like Taves. And I'm sure that having Taves out there at time is beneficial and they're learning and growing from that. But it's just not necessarily a good recipe for success on offense. Whereas you look at a team like the Stars who have a very good second line, even though one of the wing positions has been kind of a revolving door, you have a consistency of Sagan and Mason Marchment. And those guys have been fantastic this season. And then we've recently seen Jamie Benn play on that line. And I assume Dennis Gurionov is coming back maybe even tonight in this game. Mate Blumel was sent back to the Texas Stars. So that you would imagine now that you have space to bring in a guy like Gurionov back into the lineup. Maybe we'll see Dennis Gurionov back with the team tonight against Chicago. But you even look a little bit deeper at this Chicago team. You look at some of the players on the bottom six. And if you've never heard of some of these guys, I, I can't say I blame you. I mean, Colin Blackwell, two points in 15 games for the Blackhawks this season. McKenzie Entwistle, two points in 18 games. Sam Lafferty, seven points in 18 games, which only six players on the team have more points than that. I mean, that if you look, you know, for the sixth best player on the Stars roster in points, it's certainly going to be a lot more than seven. And I, and I by no mean, you know, I'm trying to express disrespect towards these players or saying they're bad players. I understand the Blackhawks are very much deep in a rebuild, and so they are not going to have the most loaded lineup. But I bring all this up to say, when you look at this game on paper and you say, okay, the Stars have all of these division matchups on the schedule, five of their next six games coming against division opponents, you have to make the most of these opportunities and get the maximum amount of points you can, especially against the inferior teams. And again, no disrespect to the guys on the Chicago Blackhawks roster. A lot of these guys still relatively young, still trying to get their footing in the league, still trying to make a career in the National Hockey League. That is not an easy thing to do, especially when you're on a team like the Blackhawks at this moment that are not competing for playoff spots and are currently not competing for championships. That can be a very difficult thing to do. But then, I mean, as far as a matchup goes, though, if you're the Stars, you have to take advantage of a matchup like this because you look at some of the players on the Stars' bottom six. Jamie Benn has spent the majority of this season playing on the third line with Johnston and Delandria. Eight goals, 12 assists, 20 points. Ty Delandria, two goals, eight assists, 10 points. Yoel Kiviranta playing on the fourth line has three goals. Foxa, uh, Radek Foxa and Luke Glendening, not necessarily high-volume goal scorers, but still guys that contribute in a big way. Face-off warriors, guys that are going to win 
battles along the boards, guys that are going to check hard. Uh, Coach Pete DeBoer actually did say on Monday night that he thought the best line in the game against the Avalanche was the fourth line, the Foxa, Glenn Denning, Kiwi Ronta line, which I think says a lot about those guys. Those guys play incredibly hard every time they're on the ice, although they're not necessarily high-volume goal scorers, although we have seen some really good flashes from Kiwi this season. But I think that's where the Stars truly take the advantage in this matchup. I talk about the talent on the top line for the Blackhawks. I do think the Stars have a better top line there, but I think the Stars are going to have a better top line than most teams in the league, or you know, it, it's at least going to be at the same level. But then if you start to go down, you go down to the second, third, and fourth line, I think the Stars have the advantage in every single matchup. I think they have the advantage on the defensive pairings as well, even with Seth Jones coming back into the lineup. I think a lot of the Stars defensemen have stepped up and played a big role on both sides of the ice. Essa Lindell, Nils Lundqvist, Yanni Hockenpah. I mean, these guys have come up big for this team so far this season. So on paper, th this is a very favorable matchup for the Stars and one that they cannot take for granted, one that they cannot fall into a trap like they did a few games ago against the San Jose Sharks at home. You're playing a home game against a divisional opponent. Even if it's one of the weaker teams in the division, you must find a way to get two points, and you need to do it convincingly as well. You need to do, do it in such a way that you build momentum and carry it into the next games because the opponents after that are much better and are likely teams that are going to be in the hunt for playoff spots throughout the entirety of the season. Well, we're going to take one more quick break, but when we come back, I'll give you my final thoughts on this matchup, and we'll dive into some of the numbers on special teams, talk about what the Stars need to do in order to win, and we'll also talk about Jamie Benn and whether or not he should stay on the second line or if he should go back down to the third line with Wyatt Johnson and Ty Delandria. More on that right after this. All right, we're closing out this Wednesday episode of Locked on Stars. Final thoughts on tonight's game, the Stars hosting the Chicago Blackhawks. And like I've been saying all episode, this matchup leans heavily in favor of the Stars. Uh, but although on paper, you look at the personnel, you look at the roster, it seems like the Stars should have the upper hand, especially on offense. There is actually one area of the game that seems to be in favor of the Chicago Blackhawks, and that is actually in the faceoff dot. The Chicago Blackhawks are the best team in the National Hockey League at winning faceoff. Their faceoff win percentage is at 57.6%, but not too far behind are the Dallas Stars in third with a 54.2%. So both of these teams, excellent in the faceoff dot. If you're a fan of all aspects of the game of hockey, you don't just like goals, you don't just like six saves. If you're down to watch really good face-off battles, this is the game for you. Two of the best teams in the face-off dot going at it. And the Stars boast a plethora uh, um, of good face-off winners, and they're a very good face-off team, especially in regulation. Uh, unfortunately, not necessarily in overtime, as we saw the other night against the Colorado Avalanche. Unfortunately, some of the best Face-off players for the Stars are not necessarily guys you want on the ice in a three-on-three -three situation. Your Luke Glendennings, your Roddick Foxes, not necessarily looking to have those guys on the ice in a three-on-three -three overtime sudden-death scenario. But Dallas, even though they don't necessarily have the advantage there, I think that that matchup will even itself out, and I think it will probably be a close to a 50-50 split in the face-off dot. And that's going to be big for the Stars both in the defensive zone and the offensive zone. you got to find ways to clear out your own zone and get the puck moving through the neutral zone and onto offense. But then if you also get draws in the offensive zone, you got to find ways to win those draws and get the puck to the net, whether it's just a shot on goal or whether it results in a goal. That's going to be a very critical matchup and a part of this game that might go overlooked to some, but it's going to be very important how the face-off splits end up being divided up this 
game. But other than that, the Stars take the advantage in just about every other statistical category. The Chicago Power Play is 14th in the National Hockey League, so about middle of the pack at 21.4%. Their top power play unit as of right now, at the start of the season, had Seth Jones, but now it has Radish, Taves, Kurashev, Domi, and Kane. So they're running five forwards, it seems, the Blackhawks are, on that first power play unit. And again, I expect Seth Jones to be on that second power play unit with guys like Athanasiu. Uh, and then, of course, on the penalty kill, you'll have guys like Jason Dickinson on there. The Chicago penalty kill in general, though, not necessarily very good. They're ranked around the same spot as the Colorado Avalanche, currently ranked 24th in the NHL at about 75.4%. So not a very strong penalty kill, but... Also, if they don't commit a ton of penalties, it might not be too big of an issue. We saw the Stars only get one power play opportunity against the Avalanche the other night, and it worked out in favor of Chicago. So maybe we'll get a little bit more of an evenly officiated game in the sense of if penalties are being committed by the Blackhawks against the Stars, maybe we'll get some calls, and hopefully we can see the Stars clean up their act a little bit and, again, control what they can control. All they can do is can control what they do and whether or not penalties get called. Sometimes referees are going to make mistakes, but they must put themselves in smart positions as to not you know, be susceptible to getting calls placed on them. So be careful with the sticks. Be careful going after pucks. The high sticking, the trippings, it all has to see a serious shift in the amount of times that it happens. Otherwise, the Stars are going to be in trouble, and they could find themselves trailing in this game. And this is not a game that you want to get behind two or three goals like you did against the Sharks a few games back. But this game, all across the board, has bounce back written all over it for the Stars, which is what I said whenever they played the Sharks. They were coming off a rough road loss at the hands of the Jets. They needed a nice bounce back win at home against San Jose, and it just didn't happen. So hopefully we will see things shake out a little bit differently this time. The Stars playing at home. So travel not affecting the outcome of this game for the Stars. Uh, and the Blackhawks having to make a quick trip after not having played since Sunday. Discipline needs to be a key. You have to apply the pressure on a shaky Blackhawks offense. And I'm very curious to see what the Stars lineup looks like if Denis Gurionov is truly coming back into the fold. Do you move him to the second line with Sagan and Marchment and let Jamie Benn go back down to the third? Or do you try to keep Ben and Sagan on the same line and see how Denis Gurionov fares with the kids, Delandria and Johnson? I personally think that maybe you give that a go just to see what it looks like. And if it doesn't work, even halfway through the game, if you need to make some changes, I think that is totally fine for Pete DeBoer and the coaching staff to do. We'll, of course, see you. And by the time you're hearing this on Friday, you might have seen some lineups from Morning Skate and get a little bit of a better idea for what the lineup may actually look like at puck drop. But if it's me making the decision, I would decide to keep Ben on the second line with Sagan and Marchment. I think there still is something there and a ton of production to be had by those three. And then maybe you give Dennis Gurionov a chance to play with some young and speedy guys in Johnston and Delandria. And maybe, just maybe, we can finally see Dennis Gurionov get rolling a little bit this season. Off to a very slow start this season, even before his injury. But let me know in the comments down below what you think about the Stars lineup. Do you want to see Ben stay on that second line with Sagan and Marchment, or do you want to see him back where he started the season with Johnston and Delandria? But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you again for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. Remember, we will not have an episode out tomorrow. We will be back here on Friday recapping this game against the Blackhawks and looking ahead to Friday's matchup. The Winnipeg Jets come to town. The Stars playing them for the third time already this season. Uh, and we're only about a month into the season as a whole. So 
Crazy stuff there, but Rick Bonus finally set to make his return to Big D for the first time since being named the coach of the Jets. But be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Also, follow us on your favorite podcasting platform and leave us a five-star rating or review if you like the show. Uh, and also, while you're at Thanksgiving, maybe you're listening to this in the car or on the plane on the way to Thanksgiving, be sure to tell your friends, tell your family about the show. You might have an uncle that says, man, I really like watching the Dallas Stars, but wish I could get a little bit more insight, a little bit more Dallas Stars-related content. Well, thankfully, you know about a podcast that can deliver on that very thing. So be sure to tell your friends, tell your family about the Locked on Stars podcast. Truly do appreciate the support. You can follow on social media at Locked on Stars, Instagram and Twitter at Dane double underscore Lewis, my personal Twitter account. But I hope you guys have a great Wednesday. Hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy the time with your family and friends. Eat some good food. Watch some football. Watch some World Cup. Whatever is your cup of tea with sports this time of year and on this holiday. Hope it's a great day for everyone. And we'll see you back here on Friday for another game day preview.